thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Let's it's, get into the show. Yes. Because we'll get the well, political ho- stuff. Hold up, I want to. Yes. Chris and I had talked about something. We wanted to run it by. Like, we pretty much know that the live show is going to be nothing but Trump and, and Clinton. That's just all it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, because we might mention where everybody else is in the polls from time to time, but they have no chance of winning. Right. And we have just harped and harped and harped on why we don't want and don't care for either of these people. I don't think we've ever said or ever had a discussion about reasons to vote for other people. And the two people closest in the polls would be Johnson and, and Stein. Yes. So, I mean... I'm like, maybe we should talk about that. I mean, because, dude, you are obviously very passionate about the Libertarian Party. I didn't realize it. I wasn't making funny. I was no. listening back. I was like, oh, shit, this motherfucker's serious. Like, like it's like if, it's like my grandfather when I'd say something about Republicans. That's how you, that's how you were like, let me tell you something. I was like, well, oh, shit. No, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm not, like, 100% Libertarian, but when you well, talk about when you talk about the uh, the economy in general and uh, the government's role in it, yeah, I'm very libertarian. When you talk about just personal freedoms in general, yeah, I'm very libertarian. I'm not completely libertarian in the way that I don't, you know, I think that we should abolish all government services that are seen as like welfare or whatever. Uh, you know, there are certain jobs that the government has that it should do. I think that, well, I think I mentioned on the last podcast, the FCC was a, a section of the government that I thought was doing an exceptional job lately. No, I got you. I got you. But like I said, I was just like, it got me thinking. It was the, that's, that's not my main point. That's the point that sparked me thinking. I think we should really fucking talk about the other candidates because fuck it, man. Not everyone's in, in a state. I mean, it's. I don't know. Christian, 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 Jay, pretty much you, you two have, well, Jay's not here, but you know, you guys have been like, oh, well, we're voting Hillary. I mean, are you that concerned that it's going to be close in Michigan with Trump? I'm just concerned it's going to be close in general. Yeah. Um, well, you know, the reason we have talked about, we've talked a lot about Gary Johnson. We haven't talked about Jill Stein as much. Um, the reason I think that I haven't brought them up recently is that um, they're not going to matter for anything. They, like, if I thought that these were strong enough candidates that their presence was furthering third parties in general and that they, and maybe they, not themselves as candidates in four years, but the, that party in four years would have more strength because of them, then I think they're worth talking about. Uh, I, I honestly don't believe that at this point, that Gary Johnson's doing anything to further the cause of the Libertarian Party. It doesn't mean that I've changed my opinion about him. He is a, a kind of a weird goofball that I think has a, a better head on his shoulders than either of the current candidates, but I'm still going to vote Hillary because I think it is that dire. But I, I don't think that uh, he's not the candidate to bring the Libertarian Party into the combat zone. 
of he's actually like, he, having a fighting chance. He's maybe the setup guy. Yeah, he's kind of easing you into it. Like, hey, this guy's kind of weird and crazy, but you know, some of his ideas aren't that bad, and maybe some people look into it, and maybe it does strengthen the party somewhat, but it doesn't get the libertarians into the debate in, in, to, in 2020. All I, all I know is that, I, okay, I, granted, some of his views, I'm like, uh-uh, nope. But more, more than not, I agree with his, a lot of what he's got to say. But his personality, I'm like, we've never had a president like that. No, yeah, we never had a goofy-ass president. Like, well, and, said, I mean, I, I guess I use and, words like goofy, too, but he just he's not super direct in his answers when he's interviewed. He's really bad at interviews, and that's why he comes off as kind of an oddball candidate. Like, what did it for me is he kind of went, like, into the territory of he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, you know, if I'm going to put somebody in as president, like, eh, I don't know what you're doing. Like, granted, he ran New Mexico uh, for a bit. Uh, maybe it wasn't that hard. I don't know. But, yeah, but the only reason that but, Trump knows what's going on is because he's actually seen as a viable candidate and he's having these meetings where people are briefing him on international issues. That's the only reason Trump why Trump knows, knows what Aleppo that's, Yeah, but that's the only reason why Trump knows about Aleppo. Well, yeah, because he was getting the, the briefings because yeah. he got the nomination. Absolutely. But so, I, I mean, if, if, we, if we actually treated the Libertarian the Party like a competing candidate and, and gave them briefings and prepared them for the presidency the same way that we're doing with the, with the Republicans and the Democrats, then maybe he would be better in interviews. Maybe he would. I'm just I, saying, if you're going to want to be the president of the United States, maybe every morning, I don't know, download the AP app onto your iPhone, pop that motherfucker open, yeah. and take a gander at it every morning. No, if you if you want to be the president of the United States, that's a statement I don't think anyone can argue with. But it, but my opinion of it is is that it's not about electing the person who knows the most about the world. It's about electing the person that you have the confidence in to make the right decision when the time comes and when they're provided the right information. Yeah, but part of that perception would be, you know, part. He would add to his perception of, I'm the right person for this job, of just knowing what's going on. I'm not saying that's requiring a position, right. but you, you, you want to you give that outward appearance of a confident person who's got their head in the game. You know, no, you want to run the USA, man? You're going to be captain of the football team, right. all right? Well, I don't it, think... Of the world. You know, like, Bush got a lot of you shit... You should know for, what the fuck's going on. Bush got a lot of shit for saying that he doesn't read, and I think they were talking... They were talking mostly about newspapers and magazines. Does he read what's in the news? Is he aware of what's going on? And he came no, right so, out and said, so that, no, I don't believe that any president in recent times actually reads. They have people who gather information for them, present briefings. Yeah. That's what they yeah. should be doing. If they're scanning the AP as a president, then something is not right in their, in their uh, hierarchy. Somebody in a skirt comes reads me the news every morning. I don't read the news. <laughs> right, no, I'm he doesn't president. have to. Yeah, people tell him what's going on. This black bitch is still dancing next to me. I don't know what she does, but she reads me the news. Well, <laughs> well, this is this is all good material. This is us talking about Gary Johnson, so I don't know what we want to do here if we want to just introduce ourselves now. Yeah, yeah hey, well, it, show everybody. You know, we kind of yeah. started midstream, <laughs> but uh, that's, that's, what goes, that's how we get the good pod. Is the organic conversations? That's what I think. 
that's what I think this podcast has, I think that's really what we excel at, mm -hmm. is, you know, getting, like, I think one of the goals when we started all this was, like, quite honestly, trying to, trying to get the conversations we'd have all high in the living room, yeah. you know, but recorded. And yeah, I, I think that's what we do here. So I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. And you know, one uh, one kind of one side note on this uh, podcast. Well, this is not a side note actually. This is me addressing the audience. A little behind the scenes talk though, because on well, like for example, on the Weedsman podcast, I do a lot of editing on that. A lot of the segments get chopped up, and something go, I, it goes to form like a complete show. But there's a lot of extra stuff. I don't really because well, we're altering really, ourselves doing that. Like yeah. that's the problem. I don't really <laughs> like it. I don't alter all the gold. content on this. I I might take out some gaps here and there, and I will definitely take out like a cough or something or a fart or a burp or whatever else, I have, unless it's really funny, and then I'll leave it in. Uh, but really, I try and preserve as much as possible the the free flowing conversation that we have. I don't know. No. I just wanted to mention that because I, you know, I, I know when you when you're listening to audio, you don't always know what you're getting. Sometimes it's even hard to figure out like where somebody may have edited something out or or chopped up a conversation. But there's well, I've been very, I've been listening to a lot of I've been listening to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts. Yeah. in the last couple of weeks, JRE, and he just pretty much it seems like has a guest. And goes with it, and but he, but I ran across an episode. I can't remember who was on it, so I can't tell you which episode exactly. But he said, "Yeah, you know, the, we do edit, but it's just like Aaron said. We edit for, we don't edit content. We don't edit what anyone says. And I believe me, he's had some people on there who said some shit. And yeah. it, to to use Chris's line, you realize we're recording this, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> like I'm like, I can't believe he just said that. But he, you know, he's had guests that have done that." But, you know, it's editing out pauses, or if, if we bring up a subject, and we, okay, well, we, we have to hear this bit of audio or this video. Sometimes there's 30, 40 seconds where no one's saying anything. That's right. what gets edited out. Right, I'll try Yes. So, basically, now that we've pulled back the curtain, and you see that we're, it, we're not speaking into a big microphone trying to act like gods. We're just fucking trying to come off as not so stoned. We can't fucking remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. And it's an experience for me listening to it. Because I produced the first run, and Aaron produced the second run. That's right. And it's actually helped me uh, kind of change my style up a little bit, too, because I pretty much apply that now to the, the two podcasts that I edit. I do the Sporgy and Beer Nuts, and that's what I pretty much just do now, is I'm just looking for, I'm looking for long periods of silence. You know, I'm trying to just let everything flow organically. And now that we've jerked ourselves off for a good five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> One question. Okay, hold Yeah. <laughs> And this might be an edit point. I just want to ask. I noticed that last week when Chris and, and Jay like threw out there who they're voting for. Yes. You were like, "That's that's a private thing." Is that how you feel? Because you said you you just said you're going to vote for Hillary. No, I not want it out there. It wasn't. You act, it wasn't like I asked that. him to show me his dick. No. Like, yeah. I I just I took a little exception with calling hey, him man, on the spot it. to. To uh, you know, say who he voted for, and uh, I don't know. I think I, we're comfortable enough with Jay at this point to where he'd be like, "No, I'm not going to share that," and we'd be all right, moving on. No, <laughs> you know, our feelings wouldn't be hurt. Absolutely, you know. Yeah. I, I think it, it's not that it wasn't a problem, and and 
I really don't think that it was going to be a problem, but when, okay, there's two things that kicked in with me. Um, I, there's something, I don't, I, maybe I'm kind of alone in this now, but I feel like you don't ask somebody outright who they voted for, that that's private information. And maybe that's just something that happened in my household because my parents voted for separate parties a lot of the time, and they didn't, <laughs> and they didn't really talk politics with each other. It's a way to keep the I peace. Right. understand that completely. <clears throat> now, my girlfriends and I, politics are completely, I mean, I wouldn't say polar opposite, but, I mean, she's definitely, she's near the extreme left. You're, 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 in two, you're in two distinctly separate different time zones on the globe. Maybe not polar yeah. opposites, but. Right. Yeah, it, like I'm in the middle, and she is definitely, you know, she makes Bernie Sanders look like a fucking fascist, you know. Right. So. And the, and the other side of it was me just trying to play host and say, like, give, give somebody an out that was on the, on the podcast. To, if they didn't want to answer that question, then they didn't have to. Okay, well, it was, it was just something I was curious about. Because the reason I want to talk about it, it was probably only is, relieving tension that was purely inside of my head. You know what I mean? No, I got you. It's like when you grow up in a home where you, it, anybody could go off like a Roman candle at a, at a moment's notice, and you become an adult, and you get in your first real relationship, and you move into the apartment, and she comes in from work, and she sets her bag down a little too heavy in size. You're thinking, oh, shit. Here it comes. <laughs> and really what it is is just she it's set her bag down too heavy, and she sighed because she's home. It right. has nothing to do with you, has nothing to do with her being pissed off, but you're just so conditioned, Pavlovian style, to well, expect, and your asshole clench up and expect all hell to break loose honestly, when someone comes to a door like that. Honestly, I'm that's only... That's what your reaction is. Yeah, I'm only thinking about this now. Like, this isn't something that I've thought about before. I'm just, as you were, uh, you know, recalling the conversation from last week, I was trying to figure out... Well, why was I so nervous about putting Jay on the spot? Now, you tell me, and from your experience, is voting a private activity that people really don't talk about? Or, because well, right? to me, it's like, you know, it's, it's like talking about, it's like asking somebody how much they make. And that's even a cultural thing. Like in, in Japan, or, or uh, I think it's pretty common to ask people what they make and, and find out what their job's like, where that's really rude if you meet somebody on the train in America and just start talking to them about their career and, oh, yeah, well, what do you make in that industry and how's it going? Yeah, yeah we definitely if, play that close to the vest. Yeah. Because if you got a guy that goes, I make six figures and no one asked him, you're like, fucking douchebag. What are you <laughs> flat, you know, waving that around? If you got well, someone that goes, right. work at McDonald's and I make minimum wage, fucking loser. But so I present the question to you guys. Do you feel like that's is now or has ever been a, a private thing in society in general or the people that you have contact with? Is, are they played it close to the vest as to who they voted for? Well, voting? Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't advertise that I voted for W in uh, 08. Yeah. Or, uh, no, 04. You know, I wasn't I wasn't going around parading that one. But, but, but is know, it the type I, I of question was, that's rude to put somebody on the spot and ask, hey, who did you vote for? But it's okay to have the conversation if somebody wants to come out and say, I voted for this person. You know, if, somebody's, think, if somebody else is willingly opens up that conversation, it's not like it's going to be a weird topic. But to bluntly ask, who did you vote for, is a rude question to me. Well, my family 
when it comes on my dad's side of the family, they think they're the mafia. Yeah. So everything is shh. We don't let family. We don't. We don't talk about family business with outsiders. And on my mom's side of the family, who they vote for, it has like a, it has like a uh, statute of limitation. If it's if it's like my grandmother and my great grandmother and and stuff like that, and my they would all talk about we voted for Kennedy, we voted for whoever back in the day, but they would never talk about like. It took it took until 2004 for me to find out she voted for Reagan in 2000 or in 1980. You know, I mean, and and she never told me who she voted. I I have no idea the last 20 years of her life who she voted for. You know, but but we would always talk politics. And believe me, if someone was on TV and said something she didn't like, you'd know it. She go, oh, that person's an asshole. You know, and I'm like, okay. But they were never one-issue voters, so it's kind of hard to, to nail them down. Like, it wasn't, okay, well, this person's pro-life, so or pro-birth, excuse me. Start fucking calling them what they are. And yes. that would be, that's, that's okay, I, I can't vote for him because I'm pro-choice. She was never like that. It was always big picture thing. So that's how my family was. I just don't think it's rude in the sense that the results are public. Sure. Like, yeah, but who's you know, I understand go? the I mean, voting process being private, but at this, you know, it, public in what respect? I mean, if you're we're publishing, ju- we're publishing the results. Yeah, yeah, the government has access to it. I'm sure journalists have access to it. I'm sure the citizen, average citizen can uh, uh, find those things out if they know the right channels, or maybe it requires a Freedom of, of Information Act or something. We thought you watch the news; they publish the results. <laughs> like that's what I'm seeing. They, like. They, yeah. They they publish the results for the the districts, not like they don't show a list of people going by the screen of like who voted for who. Joe so, Sixpack in Westland, Michigan, voted straight Democratic ticket. No, so but I'm just saying, so what? That's what I'm saying. After it's done, what does it matter? Why is it private information? It's private information while you're doing it until you turn it in. Like after you're done, like we're all gonna know how everything went. Like what's What's wrong with saying how you weighed in on it? But why do we have these privacy issues and have these private booths and we don't want people taking selfies in them now this year is a big thing. Uh, why do we have this if it doesn't matter after Because the that's you cast? making your choice and the act of making your choice, you should be able to do it on your own undisturbed. Like, But I think once it's done, like... Yeah. Well, I also listened I to another podcast. I mean, there's the not night. a right or wrong answer to this question. It's just I'm curious now because I just thought it was one of those societal things that it was. It's one of the the rude questions that we don't really ask in public or whatever. But maybe yeah, I, I'm, maybe that's that, maybe I'm realizing like, no, maybe I'm realizing that this is just my my own feelings on it because of the household that I grew up in. But I was, yes, I, I just me, I'll to, tell you, I don't care. I just listened to a podcast the other night. And this kind of plays to what, what you're saying, Aaron. And basically, it's a, prof- a college professor at a fairly liberal school, I'm going to go ahead and guess. I can't remember what school it was. Mm-hmm. Anyways, <clears throat> excuse me. Anyways, uh, he has been vocal when asked about, yeah, I'm going to vote for Trump. And apparently, his job has been in a roundabout way threatened because of that or his job security. And that's insane. And, and basically what it was, what was said was one, 
okay, this forced at, you know, not at gunpoint, but at career point, political correctness, that needs to be left out of the voting booth. And, and you have a constitutional right to vote for whoever you fucking want to. Mm-hmm. Does your job have a right to fire you because you don't vote for someone that they want you to? No. I mean, I've never, I've in my life, I don't think I've ever heard of a case going to the Supreme Court or the or a state Supreme Court or even being going in front of a judge of someone being fired for voting against who their employer wanted them <laughs> or no, supported. It, in in a fascist fucking government, you have that right, but we are not one of those. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. Apparently, I mean, I, because the way the SJWs. Well, I certainly read stories about people having conflict at work, but uh, over their choice of support of a certain candidate. But usually, this involves them, you know, actively campaigning at work, or maybe just wearing a T-shirt, or you know, slapping some stickers up, or talking to people about why they should vote for this person or that person. And but I, I think it's a. I don't know if anyone, if we have an actual law to protect us against that. I know certainly there's uh, anti-discrimination laws. Um, I would imagine that extends to your choice of who to support as a candidate. Uh, you could probably attach it to freedom of religion, because I think what we've lost sight of as a society, what's causing things like this, yeah. is politics and religion are like the two things you're not supposed to talk about in a bar. Right. All right? <laughs> like, because, and if you think about it, they're deeply held personal beliefs. They're both the same thing. Just, they're in the same book, just different chapters, if yeah. you will. So that's things that people just are, they're, they're, they're two things that people are just blindly passionate about. But and that's also know, such a waspy way of looking at it. It really is. How is if, it? If you go down south with a bunch of rednecks, they'll tell you who the fuck they're voting for. I don't give a fuck. You go to the hood, they'll tell you who the fuck they're voting for. I mean, this is in general, obviously. I'm not talking, it's mm-hmm. not a hard and fast rule, 100%. But, I, I mean, just think it, we've, it, we've it, lost sight of, like, politics and religion are kind of like the same thing. And, you know, you got to be careful when you're parading them out all the time. Because some people who are passionately uh, not on your side will be like, hey, what the fuck, you know? Well, we also... Yeah, uh, right. So uh, I can see the similarities. Um, like, go into a Muslim neighborhood, start talking about Jesus, see what happens. Religion or go is to like, a fucking neighborhood where Jesus is big and start talking about Muhammad religion, and see what happens. Religion is like non-fact-based politics. Well, Pretty also, much. We've also had... Politics with no proof. We've also had All something faith. that I've, I've noticed happening more in, in my lifetime. Maybe I was oblivious to it when I was younger, like in my 20s or so. But people tend to identify themselves a lot more with as I'm either this or that, and it's it's like self labeling. Whereas when I was a kid, you know, it was it was kept to yourself. You know, and, and it was rare to have someone like, oh, we don't deal with that family. They're Republicans or they're Democrats. We don't we don't talk to them. And it's like what yeah. you know or. The the first, you know, if if you're having a discussion that has nothing to do with politics, the it was the furthest thing from my mind and most people around me's mouth to say, well, that's what I expect out of a Trump supporter, you know, or you know, right. that's what I for a Hillary lover, you know, and it it 
I mean, I'm not trying to lay it all at the, at the feet of at the feet of uh, W and, and and Gore, but it seemed like it, it kind of really started with that. I mean, yeah, yeah maybe the, the animosity being out in the open and them going after presidents started with Clinton. But I, if you look at the 2000 election, that was right around the birth of of internet forums becoming main, you know, somewhat yeah, mainstream. Yeah, yeah. Well, people you know, having anonymity, but also people being able to say what they want behind the security of a computer monitor. That's the key right there. And I, a lot of people like to talk about how the Internet has changed the way that we talk. Well, m- maybe so. It's, it certainly hasn't changed the way that we think, though. In the past, pre-Internet, my back in my days, I, you know, the neighbors got together. If they talked politics, they might have a disagreement. But they probably have a lot of thoughts in their head, too, even when they go home that night about, I can't believe he thinks this way. This guy's an asshole. You know, all these things that you wouldn't say to his face because, you're, you know, you're, at, you're probably in his backyard having a barbecue. You know, you, you don't exactly. want and you don't want the rest of however many years you're going to spend in this neighborhood to be tense because the guy that you live next to, uh, you called an asshole because of the, the uh, politician that he was supporting. But then you have these conversations now online where you have that anonymity and anonymity <laughs> and you can say you say whatever the fuck pops into your head because you will never have to see that person face to face. Well there's also been a very large and this is I've witnessed this uh, disconnect of I don't want to say community, but in neighborhoods, like growing up at, in my grandmother's house that she lived at for X amount of years, we knew all our neighbors. Oh, and absolutely. And now, now it's like you don't even make eye contact when you're you know, walking out taking the trash out. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you the name of one of my neighbors. When I was <laughs> little, I could tell you the people who lived across the street and next to me. Yeah, but it, it's not that we have communities that are breaking down in this country. We have communities that are not uh, restrained by location. You have communities of all over the world, whatever you're into, whatever your hobby, your passion, your interest, your job, you have a community out there already going that you can just jump right into and all speak the same language and understand one another. Uh, and it's not based on where they live. So oh. we're, we're finding... So 4chan would be the worst city ever? Yes. 4chan <laughs> is Detroit. <laughs> yeah, if we're, if we're doing make analogies to real locations. So, so we have communities. No, They're just 4chan's, not based on proximity. 4chan's like... Uh, 4chan... Detroit isn't even strong enough, man. I'm thinking like... I'm thinking like the Gaza Strip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's pretty rough out there. I mean, you got people blowing each other up and right. shit with suicide bombers. So it's just creating a fake account and going in and you know. Right, but but pre-internet, we could have a conversation with our neighbors and have no sympathy for people that we, uh, you know, across the world who we don't even understand what they're going through. We're only concerned about our localized issues, and now. We are more concerned globally with our own community that we find around the world or, or wherever and have less concern for the people who live right next door to us. We haven't really changed it as a species, though. We just shift our focus. 
Well, I also think there's a lot of uh, feigned, uh, you know, outrage or or quote unquote outrage that the, the for people you've never met. I mean, I I had this discussion with with a friend's daughter who's you know she's about to graduate high school, and I said, you know, why are you so concerned about the little things here when you have? You know, we were specifically talking about women's rights and stuff. I said, little things here. What would be considered microaggressions here, you rail against real hard on the internet, and you just won't you just won't let the point go. You won't concede a point on it. But then you have girls being sexually mutilated in other countries. You have women who the religion itself, the hardcore people who adhere to that religion, they're second class citizens, and that's not even up for debate. And yet, you know, yet these, you know, these little microaggressions over here. Why don't you do something about that? Why don't you take all that hostility and that anger and handle that? Oh well, I am outraged that happens over there. Yeah, but I never hear you talk about it, and you never. Okay, posting about it is raising awareness. I get it. Hashtag activism, but I don't see you even post about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and honestly, I, I there's a lot of hate out there. No denying that. There's a lot of hateful talk on pick whatever website or social media platform. There's plenty of hate talk on there. I don't think that the majority of it is, I don't think it derives from pure hate. I think it derives from frustration and lack of tools to communicate your ideas completely. So rather than sitting down and writing a you know 2,000 word scathing piece on whatever issue or person that you're against, you just go, you know, uh, this person needs to die or somebody needs to kill them. You know, you go to these extremes in order to make sure that your point is heard because you're not really good at, uh, at communicating and persuading somebody to come over to your side. But you still feel like you have a, an opinion and a voice. So you say, you know, fuck this person. I hope they get raped to death. There's also been kind of a... You're limited by your tools and communication. There's been a dismissal. <clears throat> there, well, there, there is a dismissal, at least in my experience, on social media. I've sat down and wrote, I mean, it, which w- it could be considered an opinion piece on something on Facebook. You know, I don't know how many words. I don't count them. But, you know, it, it might take you three, four minutes, five minutes to read. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> people will come in and go, Too long, didn't Dude, read. Come, come, you know, calm down. What's with the fucking rant? And I'm like, rant. That's that's a page and a half article in a in a in a, in a magazine. I read that, taking a dump, and I'm talking the quickest, you know, <laughs> two flush, no wipe dump in the world. You know, I mean, so that's what, what, what the, I'm reading while the feces is leaving my cheeks. Yes, it's not. Yeah, and I'm like, you, I, I understand that reading has become kind of a lost art with some people, but really. Like, and, and, right. and there's but another if I post reason. A, if I post a meme, I get 20 likes and 30 shares. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, uh, yeah. so it's it, it, certainly, yeah, you could say attention span has a lot to do with this. Uh, you know, many people liked that free press article I posted with Rochelle Riley saying crazy, dangerous, backwards 1950 shit. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. But, you know, if I throw up a cat meme, dude, like 30 likes or some shit. Or, you know, like my, my shit about yeah. the Cubs last night got like 10 likes. 
And I mean, I'm, you, you I'm guilty of it. I'm guilty of it myself. I post, I post memes and stuff. The the one thing the the one thing I would do when I first started posting articles I wanted people to read was go I know no one will read this, but and then eventually it stopped working because people were like well fuck it you're not going to trick me into reading again motherfucker I fell for that the first couple times oh you tricking me into learning well nothing's mutually exclusive here I mean you can like to post cat memes and funny. Uh, funny gifts and, and shit like that and still have an interest in reading long-form articles and being informed about the world around you. I mean, it's like it's like saying just because you watch a, a lot of TV, you have no time for books. Yeah, exactly. It's just a different medium. I, I do both. Exactly. I well, mean, so, I, I, but, I just picked up a tablet and I just discovered that on Amazon they have these things called shorts and they're just basically essays that people, different writers have written and stuff like that knock that out in 10 minutes you know so <laughs> if it's a if, if i had you know i don't know let's say some food that you know it's gonna take a while to to, to process i can knock that out you know when i'm on the toilet come <laughs> on right, you know right. what i'm saying let's let's <laughs> let's get back around to your initial uh proposal here though because we we talked some about gary johnson and the other candidate is jill stein which, I, well, do you guys know a lot about Gil, uh, Gil about Jill Stein? Well, I sent the, thing- the unread. I sent the unregimented thing. Basically, it's a cheat sheet. I don't know how accurate it is. It come from a, a legitimate news website, not like you know yeah. some stupid one. And it basically breaks down the four, I guess, major candidates' stances on whatever issues. Oh, and to be honest with you. If I hadn't done that and I hadn't looked into her stances on issues, I wouldn't know where she stands more than except for what I've seen on John Oliver. Yeah, see, the only thing I know about her is her big platform is erasing student debt, which John Oliver pretty much ripped to shreds in about two minutes. Well, I've, if you look at her website, she posts all of her. Here's her plan, actually, the key points. Uh, let's see, 100% clean renewable energy by 2030, invest, investing in public transit, sustainable agriculture, and conservation. Uh, that, I don't know who could argue with that. But it really steers hard left from there. Um, jobs, let's see, end poverty, health care is a right, education is a right, uh, $15 federal minimum wage, uh, so guarantee economic human rights, including access to food, water, housing, and utilities with effective anti-poverty programs to assure every American a life of dignity. Um, I, <laughs> that's, that's pretty vague. It sounds like a, a lot of money into a lot of programs that will probably be very inefficiently run and not do a whole lot for anyone. Give them the chance to have a couple people pull themselves up out of the, out of poverty, and you know their names can be used as examples next time that Jill Stein's running for president or whatever. But uh, that's all you're really going to get out of plans like this. Do we have people that uh, live in horrible situations that maybe don't have, uh, maybe they, they can't afford to keep the water on or the lights on? Yeah, it does happen. You're, you're not going to get rid of that in completely in any society. But even 
the people who uh, we would categorize as being in as being poor, as being in a lower economic in the uh, low economic range, live pretty good lives in the U.S. I mean, look, I get that argument, and I understand where people come from when they say that. But I mean, that's like saying, okay, it's twenty below zero out. And I have no shoes, and I'm bitching about how cold my feet are. But then I saw a guy with no feet, and so I stopped bitching. Come on, that doesn't that doesn't doesn't mean your feet aren't fucking cold anymore. It I does, mean, just because yeah, just because the, okay, the quote unquote no, poor people in our country no, live. No, no. Where do you go sorry, from go there, though? Do you go? I got to get me some shoes, or do you say somebody needs to give me some shoes? Okay, that's the issue. <laughs> They should be talked about. Because but Jill Steins is, is basically saying everybody gets shoes no matter what. I don't... Okay. I don't <laughs> no, I got you. I got you. The problem... I, yeah, the problem... I, I the have same, At the same time, the same is, time... You got to make the, the time, shoes. The same time you went on her website and you looked at, at, at you know her real quick whatever cheat sheet, Cliff Notes version of her, her power, you know, what she supports and all this. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at, at the one that I sent you, and I've taken a couple of political polls, you know, where, what candidate has your, you know, supports the stuff you support. And it's kind of funny how much I think her and Johnson run parallel on a lot of these things. Oh, on what? Legalizing marijuana. Uh, cut, cut spending for uh, the Pentagon and military spending. Path to citizenship, label GMOs, abortion rights, uh, the death penalty. The only, the only two, the only two candidates that oppose the death penalty. I didn't know that Jill Stein opposed the death penalty. Unconditional military aid to Israel. They both oppose. Threaten Russia with a no-fly zone. They both oppose. Which Trump opposes also, and Hillary does support. And it's like, oh boy, there we go. So I mean, there's, there's. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's. I think we've be, we've we've let the we've let the news media, and we can go back to well, did we let them, or are they just giving us what what they want? That's whatever. But they focus on just a handful of subjects and issues, and those define these candidates to people. Right. And there's a whole world of issues out there. And what we're fo- we're arguing over issues that could fill up New Hampshire, you know, and it's that's that's what I was wanting to get out there because we do, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody on this podcast. In fact, I'm guilty of it more than most people on this podcast, more than anybody on this podcast. Fuck it, just put the, just tell the truth, shame the devil. That yeah, we bitch a lot, but I mean, we really don't talk about like like. Besides, okay, what the fuck did the candidates say to fuck themselves this week? I mean, because the, like, the big issue this week when, when I brought this up to Chris and we started talking about it after we did Sporgy the other day, I said, I know the big issue is Wieners, emails, and Clinton. and But, I mean, that, that, that doesn't talk about any of the, of the issue. That's just the big, the, the juicy story at the moment. I mean, we. Yeah, but it's you know, I it is the juicy story that's going to help decide who runs the country for the next four years. You know, I understand that, but I didn't. I didn't realize that Clinton, Stein, and Johnson all support path to citizenship. 
I mean, you know how Trump feels about that. You know, I, I didn't know that Johnson did not, is, is against overturning Citizens United. I mean, stuff, just stuff like this. I didn't, I didn't know this. I had to go look it up, and I'm like, you know, does the average person really know this stuff? No. I mean, honestly. And it's not, granted, we are an inner, ultimately, at the end of the day, <laughs> when I use a verbal crutch like at the end of the day, we are an entertainment podcast, but, I mean, it can't hurt to throw a little knowledge out there. And I'm not making judgment calls on what her positions on these issues are and what Johnson's issues are yeah. at the moment. I just want to throw them out there. I mean, I don't yeah. agree. Look, Medicare for all. Okay. Eh, I, I don't know. Get it should cost like, money. Okay, but at the same time, why the fuck? Are you, well, what's our military budget? It's like what? The, the, the next... Three, four countries combined is our military budget. Do we really need all that money? Do we really need bases in Germany? Do we really need bases in Okinawa, Japan? I mean, yeah, if, stuff. Like, we keep we keep an eye on you. Like sixty yeah, years later, no. If if we <laughs> were able you. to, as a country, uh, get together a, a plan that covers everybody for medical care, that wouldn't have i mean if we just modeled another successful country all right let's look at canada right you go to canada if you're a citizen you don't pay now you pay a considerable amount of taxes a lot more than what we pay in the u.s as well but they they have a lot of other social programs now if we were able to for example i think you're kind of leaning towards uh taking some of that funding away from the military that is way overfunded and has been for many decades mm-hmm. and, and is not even suited for the wars that we say that we're fighting and drain some of that money to pay for this program and it was free health care for everyone, I would absolutely be 100% about that. That's just, one, that's just but, one way. I mean, you could also start taxing churches. Yeah, Absolutely. How many billions of dollars? And if the churches leave, if all of a sudden this glut of, of these huge cathedrals and mega churches go, well, fuck it, we're going to another country that doesn't tax us, bye. What do, you yeah. bring, what do you bring to the table? Nothing. You're fucking leeches and parasites. Bye. See ya. People will get <laughs> to know Jesus on their own. I just, I guess. I mean, get the fuck out of here. I mean, it's right. things like that. Things that things that are that are like sacred cows, third rail in politics. We can't talk about. Ooh, well, maybe this election more than any election in my memory is the election where I am so many hearing so many people go. I want to vote third party, but it's just it's just wasting my vote. And it's like, do you realize if everyone who felt that way voted a third party? Granted, Clinton and, and, and Trump, it's it's been foretold. You know, they're go- one of them's going to sit in the White House, all right? But it would make them viable candidates down the road, mm-hmm. and this is, this is not a microwave society. We're not going, revolutions don't happen overnight. This is not the Matrix. We're not going to th- overthrow the country and install a better government in three movies. And the third one, no one knows what the fuck was going on anyways, well, all right? It, it doesn't work that way. Here's where I really disagree with Jill Stein. Set a $15 minimum wage... 
break up too big to fail banks and democratize the Federal Reserve. Uh, let's see. Reject gentrification as a model of economic development. She goes on. Basically, uh, she, more control over the economy by the government, which, I mean, there's, again, there's localized examples that you can point to and say, yes, you know, at these points, these things needed to happen in order for our economy to go forward. But for the most part, government meddling in the economy hasn't gotten us anywhere. It's only through finding loopholes in, uh, in the laws that most companies have been able to be successful in this country. Hey, hey ask, ask Flint how that went for him. Yeah. Well, also, I think one of the things, and this, because of the discussion we had last week, it got me thinking, one of the ways to start to because you're never going to get rid of it completely, but to start to get rid of as much corruption of, as we have in politics is to make politics not a career. Yes. You can't, yeah. If you can't make a living from graduating law school till death from politics, she, then the people yeah. will get into it for the right reasons, yeah, and you'll get, you'll get rid of a lot of the people who are there just to fucking suck off the... You shave, you shave a, it a, should a, be your side hustle. A sliver of that military budget would support uh, major races for any number of candidates to be publicly funded and give them all the money they need to go wherever they need to go and put commercials out and get their message out without having to fucking fundraise and without having these ties to people with big money who donate millions and millions of dollars to a campaign, and goddamn right they expect to get something back for it. And that's not <laughs> democracy. There's nothing, there's no such thing as a free lunch. If someone gives you something, it's like the Godfather. Yes. Hey, I'm going to call upon you one day, and you're going to have to do me this solid. And that's just all there is to it. But I mean, right. am I incorrect in thinking that the way that our elected officials were they, they were in supposed to be set up was that this was like Chris said a side job they, they do for X amount of years and then yeah. they go back to their careers you're the doctor the lawyer the civil servant you know the military guy uh, teacher you know whatever your profession was yeah you were able you, that was the idea is that you, this country would be run by its own people not just because we have the right to vote but because we have the right to run for office as well. Because now it seems it's run by a clique that you have to get into. Exactly, exactly. And I, drummer of a, former drummer right. of a band I was in, his father was mayor of Garden City. He was, I don't, I, I don't know the full story. He's, he's talked about it on, you know, a little bit around me, because I, you know, I was fascinated when I knew this. I've known a man for 10 years, and he had, I didn't know this about him. I said, well, how did you get in? And he said, it wasn't easy. And when I was elected, I was very idealistic. I was like, okay, we're going to get some stuff done here. And all he got was Stonewall because he was an outsider. And so when it came time to run again, he said, I'm done. I can't do anything. And I said, did you tell people that? And he goes, people who close to me, yeah, but I didn't tell the, the general voting population. And I said, you should have. You should have been like, I'm not running again. And this is why. Because I'm not one of the in crowd with these people. 
And but I'm going to step down, and one move. of the in crowd are going to... Well, he did. He moved to fucking Dearborn Heights. Ah. <laughs> but no, I mean... To, I'm just, I found it fascinating. I'm like, really? And then you, then I think about, think about someone, and I know he's a cartoon character to a lot of people, but the man was governor of a state of, uh, one of our states. Someone like Jesse Ventura. He I came in, Jesse he got Ventura. elected. Came in, he got elected. And then what did he do? He was like, I, I tried to play the game, but this, these people are not of the people by the people. These are the people who think them, of themselves as the ruling class above us all. The untouchables. Yeah. And they have immunity to everything. So I'm an outsider. They want nothing to do with me. Yes. Yeah. Jesse Ventura had some radical ideas, and uh, I can say I agreed with everything that he said. But we never had a chance to find out whether any of his ideas would actually work because this system was already locked in the way, the way it chose to work. Exactly, and a guy, and then you got guys like like Schwarzenegger who he was more than willing to step in and play the game. Yeah, and he had he had embedded himself so deeply with the Republican Party before he ever thought about well before he announced he was ever thinking about running for anything mm-hmm. that he you know he 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 knew he had the support of that all important D or R, and his was R. You know, I guess Al Franken would be the the, the photo the, the negative of him because Al Franken's played the game and he's got this he's firmly partying and in bed with the Democratic Party. Well, yeah, but that's you know what's interesting about Al Franken is that he had to make a clear decision to stop being a comedian in order to run for office and even after to hold that office and. Got uh, well. I'm trying to shit. He he got a lot of criticism for stop for no longer having a sense of humor after he became a politician. But that's what he had to be in order to be a politician. He had the deck stacked against him because he was not seen as a politician. And that's the problem is that we have this idea of like, well, this is what a politician is and looks like and sounds like. So anybody who doesn't look and sound like that must be so far off the mark, they're not even worth paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And then you have what we have with Trump, which is, in my opinion, someone who, yeah. ha- well, instead of just going, I'm not what your usual politician is, is, has taken it to such an extreme to where it's like, this is yes. ridiculous now. Right. He, his whole thing is shaking up the system, and he's an outsider, which people are attracted to as an idea, but... If they were really attracted to outsiders, then they would actually be paying attention to what Gary Johnson has to say instead of dismissing him outright. Uh, and in reality, not only is Trump not an outsider, but he is he's more old-school politician than anyone else running out there, in my opinion. Which is scary, Which, because taking out of context, it sounds like you just supported him. Old school, well, he, old school in the way of Reagan. I mean, if I was voting age during the Reagan era, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have voted for him either. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not giving him a compliment. I'm just saying it's, it's funny that he talks about being an outsider and how he's unconventional. And he's going to, but some of the things, the the wording that he chooses, yes, you know, uh, he's 
he he feels like it's ballsy that he's calling people out and not afraid to make fun of people and tell it how it is. But the way that he speaks, he is a is politician through and through. I mean, going all the way back to fucking Hitler and Mussolini. Yeah, he's like he's kind of got an old school carnival barker thing kind of going. Yeah, but yes. He, he's coupling it with being an asshole. And for some reason, people are eating it up. Yeah. Because it like, reinforces like the, the I don't give a shit. Think, he's an asshole. I don't want to vote for an asshole. We don't need an asshole to be president. Or if you are an asshole, I don't want to know you're an asshole. Be an asshole behind closed doors. Yeah. Like, I think that's the thing that's kind of rubbing me the wrong way about him overall. And it's... Well, he's, he's, he's a direct response to articles like I, I've read recently saying stuff like, this is why, you know, it's... A, of course, these are opinion pieces. And uh, it was in Time Magazine. I can't. I cannot remember the name of the, the the author. But she said, "This is why I don't care about anything straight white males have to say." Yes. And then Lena Dunham comes out and says, "says uh, uh, when white males are extinct, then men will be better." Period. Yeah. And and shit like that. He is. Wow. The, this has been building up for decades. Reaction. He is the reactionary. Is she dating a white male? He's the re- <laughs> don't get me started. He's the reaction. He's the reactionary's party reaction to that far left, regressive left thinking. They're, 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 they're basically you have. You're saying they created Donald Trump. If yes. you look at the religious right, they have their faith. If you look at the regressive left, they have their feelings. Neither are fact based, and these are the people who. They, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, and these are the loudest people in our society at the moment. And they're both weird cousins, not in the way that they both start with an F. They both, uh, but I, uh, no. well, the, I there mean, was, this... there was there's a fascinating study that just happened that, that said it, it, the difference between these t- the type of people I just described, the the hardcore religious right and the regressive left, mm-hmm. they they score they they skew more authoritarian. They mm-hmm. both share a lot of the same things. We want to regi- We want to. We want to. Uh, 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 but through passing Police laws and regulations, and yes, do. exactly through through laws and regulations, we want to impose our will upon other people. And everybody must think like me. And if you don't think like me, they want to make it a crime, essentially. And it's just that is. How, how people don't look at that and go, you, don't you two realize you're the same people? Why don't you? T- yeah. It's just like when you see two people arguing that you know that they, you, and you look at them and you go, just fucking get it over with. That's what they are. Just fucking get it over with. Just, well, just, have, like, just have little fucking authoritarian kids and get it over with. Well, it's like a Mandy will try to, to play that shit with me. Uh, you know, the, the white male shit with me. I'll be like, oh, so are you holding something against me that I had no control over? Huh? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> like I, I've uh, been hearing about white male privilege ever since I hit puberty, and you're you're absolutely right, Rich. I think you're one hundred percent on the mark with this. The this idea of white male privilege and uh, affirmative action have given us Donald Trump and may damn well give us Donald Trump as a fucking president. So well, yeah, you're shuddered at that thought. So, so you're absolutely right. It's it's a reverse have, boner. People who have gone to extremes in order to do what they, in their minds, think of as balancing the scales, have done nothing but given a platform to the extremists on the other side 
uh, one so strong that they may actually uh, you may actually have the, the white, white yeah you'll have the white man back in charge again, which is the exact white thing you didn't the white want. White House, right? America. And and you can say what you want about guys like Al Gore and Joe Biden, you know, stuffed shirts, or or even like you know uh, uh, Jeb Bush, you know, low energy. But Trump is not the white man people want in office. Let me tell you, oh, if this was, Trump is Trump is the the never been married uncle who drinks too much at Thanksgiving. I guarantee That's what you, he is. I'd still be supporting Gary Johnson. I'd still be voting for Gary Johnson if this was Jeb hey, Bush versus I Hillary Clinton. That. Wait a minute. <laughs> If this was Jeb Bush versus Hillary Clinton, I would still be voting for Gary Johnson. We've never gotten <laughs> to this point because you would, you would be like you would be like you would be like fuck it. Really, my life's not going to change that much between you know, and I don't think he he's either is going to start World War Three right because of something someone said on Twitter. Yes. Yeah. Well, I thought now that we're talking about Trump again, though, I want to ask you guys a question because I. I came across this on Twitter, and I actually had to search for a story on it. it maybe it's uh, maybe it's one of these more conspiracy conspiracy theorist things. But have you guys heard about the child rape lawsuit with Trump? Yes, the thirteen year old or the twelve year old? Because I've heard of two of them. Oh, One's... I've okay. So you've heard? I heard of the thirteen year old. Okay, the twelve-year-old the I've heard rumblings of in the last twenty-four hours. So I don't know if it's okay. just October surprise or November surprise it, or whatever. Is this people just trying to stir shit up or child rape? What's happening? I have this first time hearing. Right. Okay. So that answers my question. So ba- the story is: there's a woman who she cl- uh, an unidentified woman. Her lawyer calls refers to her as Jane Doe, and Decades ago, uh, when she was 13 years old, she was uh, sexually assaulted by Donald Trump and shit. It was some some other fucking millionaire. Allegedly. Well, well le- Trump is too 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 litigious to not put that word in there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Allegedly. Well, same yeah. the episode. Allegedly. Allegedly <laughs> is the proper term to use. Before a court makes a decision, absolutely right. Yes. But, but so there's this woman that uh, that says that she is going to that she well she sued Donald Trump and she's going she was going to come out and talk about it, and uh, which I guess means unless she was going to do you know one of these blurred face and distorted voice interviews, we were she was going to uh, come out as well, uh, but has since. Decided not to because of the death threats that she's been getting. Which, uh, uh, or she's lying? No, no surprise there. No, I can't. I mean, even, the, the fact that she's getting death threats kind of solidifies my in my mind as a real thing. Well, um, even unless even they're making that Trump, up too. In today's day and age of the internet, if you come, if you say anything harsh against. A political candidate, there's always going to be the nutbags to support them. They're going to make death threats to you. So I believe she's got death threats oh, yeah. before. Without a right. doubt. It, it has nothing to do with Trump supporters per se. It just has to do with nutbags who support a candidate. It's just when but, when this shit comes out so close to elec- an election, exactly, you can't help but be cynical about, you know, this could so easily, the way that it was done anonymously, 
This could so easily have just been pure bullshit. But it also does line up with other things that we have heard about Trump and have heard. What, did he grab her by the pussy? Well, no, but I mean, his general, the way that he talks, you take the way that he talks about woman, women in he general. just start kissing her? On top of the, the joke that he made about the, what was it, the Young Miss America pageant or something like that, where there was some, some young girl that was at an event and he was like, I'm going to be marrying you in, in eight years. Did he move on her like a bitch? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, just real quick, that whole looking at like uh, the young girl and say, I'll be marrying her in eight to ten years or whatever. That's just, that's weird. That's a that's also that's an old Tom Likas bit. When Tom Likas what, would do yeah. his Likas when he when he would do his Likas one oh one, he would tell guys, just because you're lonely during your twenties, work hard, make money, and as you drive past the middle schools, pick out your future trophy wife because when you're in your late thirties, early forties and you got money, you can you can marry whatever one of them you want. <laughs> I bet you Donald Trump and Tom Likas hang out. I'm just saying that's an I old time like it's fa- almost w- word for word that, that Trump said. So there you go. He, that's not an, that's not an original thought on his part. You, you know, he might have been you. flipping through the channels one day and been like, "Hey, who's that perverted guy on there? That sounds like something I like." <laughs> well, there was a bit on uh, Saturday Night Live last year when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler hosted, and it was something about like meet your future wife, and it was all these like middle aged dudes. And it was uh, the chicks coming out were like in middle school and shit. We're <laughs> uh, in high school. All right. Well, well what about this twelve-year-old, Rich? Do you have any info on that? Because this is news to me. Uh, unless the article I read, because I saw the article and I saw people. I, I went to the comment section because I'm, apparently I'm a I'm a I'm a masochist like that. Um, and everybody was talking as if it was different than the 13-year-old. But I can do a quick search. Let's see. Oh, yeah. A woman accusing Trump of raping her at 13 cancels her plan to go public. Trump also raped 12-year-old and used her disappearance to... Fir- wow. Yeah. Wait. Oh, oh, hold up. One of these things about the Trump and the 13-year-old girl is on Snopes. Uh, on Snopes, it says a civil suit against Donald Trump alleging he raped a 13-year-old girl was dismissed in California in May 2016 and refiled in New York in June 2016. Uh, what does Snopes say? By the way, quick search. Uh, I'm going to send you what I... I mean, literally just searching with what I saw, I'm sending you what I found. I'm not sure. It's not the exact same article. I can still hunt the article about the 12-year-old down if you want. No, I was just curious. Well, e- uh, okay, either way, uh, this does reek of, you know, 11th hour politics. And I know that, I'm, I know that you know, we're cynical, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah. I, 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 was, I was expecting something like this. I was, honestly, to be, to be completely honest with you, I would be less cynical if I found out that like the young Miss America pageant, like the 15, 16, 17 year old girls, if one of them had came out and said something, because I think Trump, Trump likes his women to look like women. Do you get what I'm saying? Like he wants a woman, like he flat out, he flat out said it himself on Howard Stern. It's very hard for a woman with an A cup to be considered a 10. Right. Yeah. 
Like, I okay. think he's got what he likes, and unless he's just a pedophile, and he has somehow kept it quiet all these years, which with enough money, I guess you can. I, you know, I, I don't know. And what did, what did Snopes say, Chris? No, huh or yay? Well, uh, I'm, uh, I'm pouring through it here. Oh, well, okay, so- uh, the rape accusation, you called it, whoever said that she was in a blurred, blurred face and... Oh, All go. that shit. There's a video of her. Well, oh, yeah. you know, Richie had talked about being cynical and how this is 11th hour politics. Yeah, When I first read about this story, I thought to myself, you know, one of those scenes that you see like on TV actually played out in real life where somebody went to this woman's house and had to sit down and have a conversation with you. You, know, like I, you have to understand how important this is, and you cannot let this man be president. You have to come out. You have to, like, uh, you know, you have to try and help stop this man from uh, accruing power. And so, yeah. I mean, no doubt. I, is this 11th hour politics? Yes. Does that mean it's wrong? No. Now, on the other side of 11th hour politics, doesn't even seem to be coming from Trump's camp. And that's the new batch of Hillary emails. God. Uh, you know, somewhere, you know, Anthony Weiner's estranged wife is like, she called him up and said, you motherfucker. No, no. She said, hey, guess what? So do you want to die from a heart attack or a car accident? You know, Cause you got to go. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I imagine it more like, well, let's see. I've disappointed my ex-wife a number of times, so much so that she doesn't even get mad anymore, really. You know, it's, you get more like... She the, just, she just like the look really, at you and sigh and shake her head. <laughs> you know, like I'm thinking it was more like, Anthony, really? It just doesn't stop. <laughs> Is that thing ever fucking take a breath <laughs> dude but, i just oh, oh my god yeah. so but are you, are you guys up on the facts on this I, i'm wondering if you have an opinion on on again whether this is just purely politics or whether there's something there i think it's purely politics isn't mm-hmm. comey a republican um uh, he is an FBI investigator. I don't know that they publicly are allowed to uh, to uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for here? Endorse a candidate? Yeah, yeah. And like, certain- you keep that shit to yourself if you're if you're a public uh, if you work for the FBI or CIA. Yeah. Now, but you know, hey, judges judges align themselves with candidates. True. I mean, look at the Supreme Court ju- justice. You know. Shit that just happened with uh, Obama, well, <laughs> which went nowhere. He, he, I appoint this guy. He's a moderate. Right. Fuck him. We're not going to talk about it. It was just ruthless, man. I don't. Well, okay. So the how the story goes. Uh, he was is... a registered Republican for many years, according to the CNN. Sure, you can find these things out, but I, I'm. I don't know if. Uh, if that really has anything to do with this. He'd investigated the Clintons previously in the mid-90s. Oh, the Senate Whitewater Committee. So there's some history there. 
Uh, he was the guy who took over an investigation into Clinton's 2001 pardon of Mark Rich. So, I mean, yeah, there's some history there, I guess. And he was a registered Republican. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Are you, are you done uh, <laughs> Google shitting on my point? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hate when mom and dad fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... But let's just lay out the facts first. We have a, an investigation that was closed based on Comey saying, oh, you know what, I don't see anything that, uh, well, we, we don't see anything that we could prosecute on. So moving on. Now they get some new information from Anthony Weiner's uh, shared computer with his wife, emails uh, going back and forth between his ex-wife and Hillary. And we don't know what's in them, just that these are new emails that they hadn't seen before, so it possibly would be evidence in this case that could reopen it. But that's something that's politically motivated. It was done. It was finished. Oh, wait. Oh, right. well, wait else? a minute. So another straw Hold we can grasp at? Now, Comey had promised Congress, for whatever reason, to keep them in the loop on everything that was going on in this investigation. And so, holding to his promise, informed them that there was a possibility of the case reopening with new information. And it was Congress that leaked that information to the press about the possibility of reopening the investigation. Was Comey uh, politically aligned in his thinking and, and doing this expressly to say, oh, well, here's an opportunity for me to fuck with Hillary Clinton's campaign? I don't know. Maybe he, wa maybe he did, and he covered his tracks by releasing it to Congress, which is, uh, you might as well just tell your blabbiest friend your secret. It's like when you don't want to tell somebody something, so you tell somebody that talks a lot that thing, knowing that they will yeah. then talk to the other person. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, you know, my answer to that question isn't yes. I mean, my answer is maybe. You know, yours is I don't know, and I'm saying uh, maybe. I don't think we're that right. far off. <laughs> here i think i think everything that's happening right now between I, I think everything that's happened in probably the last week week and a half until everything that happens up to the probably even the day of the election instead of the day before it's all pol politics and playing politics at this point and it's all it might be last minute ideas and and they and they go okay well hey what what can we do to drag this shit back out into the light again? Oh, hey, look, Anthony Weiner's emails. Okay. Boom. I mean, because what's the connection there? What's the connection? Because it's obvious, if you saw Biden's reaction when, the, when, the, when a uh, uh, reporter asked him about the new batch of emails, and he said, well, how'd they find them? He goes, oh, they were on Anthony Weiner's computer. Biden went, oh, God, that guy? Like, seriously, like, you can tell that this is not someone who the Democratic Party was backing, was, was banking on to be the future of the party like, like they did with Obama after the two, his 2004 uh, convention speech. This is someone who it's like they put up with for whatever reason. And now so, his dick is a major player in a presidential campaign. So I don't think he was really privy to a whole bunch of inside information on that campaign unless his wife was just dumb enough to share a computer with, with emails with them, and he Apparently was dumb enough to was. send it. 
Yeah. And he was dumb enough to fire off his dick pics from the same computer, yes. which apparently he was. So. Well, no, actually, if they since they have evidence of him, I think the a lot of the uh, the evidence they have is done was done through his phone. But once you have that, you then have a warrant to seize everything that can electronically communicate in Anthony Weiner's house. So it's not so oh, much, yeah. it doesn't even have to be that he emailed her from that computer or sent a picture to this young girl from that computer. It's just in the house and they grab it up and they see that there, there's possible evidence that links to another case. They, I don't know. It's, it's, you can't, it's not like one of those things where you can go, well, nobody was out there looking for more emails, thinking that there was more emails to be found. Nobody was going, necessarily going around thinking that there was uh, more 13 or 12-year-old girls that were possibly raped by Donald Trump. But when these situations arise, they pounce on them and make, and as, they, as, make as much of it out of the, as they can out of it. And not only do they pounce on them, but they're going to pound that motherfucking horse till it's dust and bones if they can. If they feel they can get just one more headline Right. That might sway the whatever percentage of people who are undecided between these two. Right. They're going to pound that fucking horse. But so, I mean, would any of us do the, do differently if we were in that position? If we were working on Trump or Hillary's campaign? I mean, you would be foaming at the mouth over this shit. No, because exactly, because especially these are campaigns where they're not running to win, they're running to not lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so where we're at now, people. It's not, e it's not even we have to make our, our candidate, excuse me, because these are hired people. We have to make our client look good. This is, we just got to sling enough mud to where they don't look as bad as the person across the fucking way from me. Mm -hmm. So, of course, that's what you, I mean, would, would these people ever admit it with a camera and they, that was in their face and a mic on them and they knew it was being recorded? No. Behind closed doors, this is their fucking job. And anyone who's shocked by that, welcome to American politics. And by the way, grow the fuck up or go back to the kids' table. This is this is normal shit that happens in in political campaigns. I mean, it, it's it. I know it, I know it's a fictional it's a fictional TV show, but Aaron, you and I both watched The Wire. Yep. When uh. Uh, Car Carsetti was running for mayor. The last minute Photoshop picture that was released of him shaking hands uh, when he was running for mayor of Baltimore. It was a picture of him shaking hands with a known slumlord. Was released the day of the election. All right, and and it was and he told after he won and he beat the incumbent mayor. He's sitting there and he's in the mayor's office and he goes, "Did you release that?" And the mayor goes, "I have no idea. I don't know what's going on." What about you? And looks at his campaign manager and he goes, eh, well, you know, we knew someone who could work Photoshop. That's how these people are. These are their jobs. These are their careers. And when this campaign's over, they're starting to gear up and try to figure out whose wagon they can hitch to or whose, what, yeah, wagon they can hitch to what horse for the next campaign. Yeah. 
Right. We got two years. You know, Rich, I think you bring up an interesting point that kind of leads us back to uh, earlier when we were talking about getting the money out of politics. And there's a, a tangential effect here because you're not even talking about the money that's going directly to the candidates. You're talking about all the fucking leeches that are around these candidates that are getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars and they don't give a fucking shit what the issues are. They just care about winning, and uh, yeah, you're right. They're just going to move on to the next candidate that they, they, they think they can be successful with. And you best believe, if you doubt... Pence 2020. If you doubt any any of what we're saying, look it up. There has to be a paper trail online somewhere these days, but you best believe these people get bonuses if their their client wins. Well, you not only that, that shit. They, they get to ask for more money when they go to the next candidate and say, hey... Uh, they say, oh, you did such a great job with so-and-so's campaign. We want you to work for us. And they're like, you're goddamn right. I did a good job. And that's why you got to pay me, you know, $2 million or whatever outrageous exactly. amount of money. And they can be. tell the person they got in, hey, see you in four years. And the price is going to be uh, going to go up. But right. what I, I mean, this is not getting going to a, a state lawyer and saying, I need a will drawn up. What's your flat rate? They're milking these candidates for as much as they can. And like I said, there are. It's just like a. It's just. It's just like a sports contractor's incentive bonuses. It, we just had the World Series end last night. I'm gonna tell you what. Yeah. Everybody on that team got a bonus for winning the World Series. The team oh, in yeah. the losers' locker room didn't. They might have got some sort of bonus for getting to the World Series, but you make extra money for when you win. That is. You sure is, do. That is. That is American as apple pie and Marlboro Pussy. cigarettes. Yeah, <laughs> and grabbing her by the pussy. Yeah, I'm sure losing something like the World Series has got to be a disappointment as somebody who plays on the losing team. But are there really any losers there? I imagine this. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you ask on. anyone on the Cleveland Indians today if there's really any losers, they'll tell you. They, they'll tell you them. I bet you there is equal amounts of blowjobs on either side post game. It's just uh, one's, one's, one's more of a let me cheer one, you up, and one's more of a let's celebrate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. One's celebratory, one's like, you know, hey, sure. let me cheer you up. Hey, hey you, you know, can, the sympathy you can, you can shove my head down on it and let me gag a couple times if it'll make you feel better. You know, sorry yeah. you lost. The sympathy blowjob gets a bad rap, but uh, it's just as good as any other head. <laughs> yeah, it still has the word blowjob in the title. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I mean, let's be honest, you know, it. it in the NBA, WNBA locker room, the losers lose. Hey, look, you know, if they get some sympathy, fucking... We're all eating pussy. They're, they're, yeah. yeah, they're they're happy, you know. Yeah. I've had bad shows and gotten a blowjob afterwards. It cheered me up a little bit, you know. Yes. So. Win or lose, we're all eating box. That's right. <laughs> box hey, everybody, everybody, we're all getting laid. <laughs> yeah. Well, t- oh. tell me about the game. I mean, I... I don't know any shit oh. about this, but apparently oh, this was good important. Good Lord, good Lord, Rich, that game. <laughs> it, it, Aaron, it was right out of a movie. It was. Hey, like, rain was delay like in the- Kevin Cosner should have been on one of the teams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Bill Murray is running around afterwards like he is on the team. Like he owns the fucking team. It's funny because when they clinched, one of the first shots they went to, when, when, when Chicago won, Bill Murray being a huge Chicago Cubs fan, 
When yeah. the Cubs won, one of the first shots they went to after they were, you know, showing shots of the players on the field was Bill Murray in the in the stands. And Bill Murray looked like Bill Murray looked like like a father who just married off his daughter to the man of his dreams. Yeah, like that. Like was, he was that crying was and just joy. Yes, on his I, said, face. I follow. Uh, Bill Corbett on Twitter, and he's one of the guys from Mystery Science Theater 3000. He was in the uh, the, la- the last generation of that. Yeah. And he said, his tweet was, by law, Bill Murray now gets to sleep with each one of the wives of all the players on the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> and He was like sitting in the car on the somebody, field wait, wait, wait. GM gave away to the MVP. <laughs> like he was doing all kinds of crazy shit. And so uh, <laughs> somebody had, some woman had retweeted that and was like, you know, actually, I bet you I can just find it. Let me, let me just real quick. Oh my God! This guy tweets a lot. What the fuck? Almost there. Just okay. A little bit more to the left. All right. right yeah. Right, right. Don't vary. Don't vary your stroking. No. Okay. Well. Anyway, it, some some woman had posted that like this is the the type of sexist garbage that should be banned from Twitter and all this shit. Oh. I'm like, like, Whatever. What can I pull Where a Daniel the fuck Tosh? Are you coming can I pull, from? Can I pull a Daniel Tosh and say I just hope she gets raped later? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, you he just did. <laughs> well, I mean, he he obviously said it as a joke. That was the point. But no, I'm just shut up, bitch. Yeah. Sorry. Can, can we? Okay, look, women's rights and hardcore feminism and all that. Men, as a as as if they're going to lump us all together and call us in all men and all that shit, then we get a collective as men in this country. Five times a year, we can say "shut up, bitch." Oh, oh, you know what? And I hope that be one of them. It wasn't Bill Corbett. It was Kevin Murphy. It was the other guy. It was the guy who played Tom Servo. <laughs> anyway, just a correction there. Moving gotcha. on, the Cubs. How long has it been since they won a World Series? One hundred and eight years. The NBA came to an existence in nineteen forty-six. All right, the NHL. They didn't come into the, the NHL is still nine years from existing. Yeah, was, except for college football, pro football was 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 way far off. Yeah, what do you think yeah, made the, the sport difference? Of basketball was eighteen years old. Like it was a bit I did on Sporgy where we're t- black people <laughs> couldn't and vote, nor black could people, women. Women can, couldn't vote. The light bulb was like was still going to grade years school. Old. Yeah, <laughs> like. If you, uh, started like your car, dr- if you started your car, you had to crank it. Yeah. You know, it was uh, 46 states. That's another one I remember. <laughs> there were 46 states. But it was the longest drought in professional sports history. Like, since they've been keeping stra- track of sports, like, right. on the planet. Like, 108 years. It was pretty big. It's a pretty big deal. Like and last night. What do you think kept like them down country. for 108 years? Like, why were What's they, that? I, what do you think? I don't know if you follow the the team at all. What do you think kept them down for all that time? Oh boy, we want to get into we want to get into all the different curses because there's like what three or four goat, main ones. Okay, well, outside a, a of superstition, goat, a, a goat, a black cat. Uh, what what else, Rich? A <laughs> uh, goat, black cat. Uh, uh, Bartman. Um, oh yeah, that's true. 
it's just yeah. Outside of superstition, it was just to throw the man. Okay, well, first of all, to give you a little back, a little history of the team and everything here, they play at Wrigley Field. That name should ring out at least a little bit. So they were owned at one point by the Wrigley family, right? And uh, yes, basically, this is a charter team in the NL, which is in in baseball. You have the National League and the American League. And the National League was there first, and the American League came a few years after. This was not only a charter team in the NL. This was the first professional, one of the first professional baseball teams, period, ever. And I think what it was is, honestly, they had that established of a fan base. You had a family who had money hemorrhaging out of them at the time. And it's poor business decisions and yeah something that no nobody who's successful likes to hear luck is luck is bad and luck is good it goes both ways and they've just had some bad fucking luck over the years and when you start putting all that shit together and it starts being 20 years 30 40 50 60 70 and on and on that weighs on those players minds because they've been a couple outs from the world series before and they blew it. And we're in, I'm talking like, what, 13 years ago? Yeah, was it five? 2003? When they, when they, they were five they, outs away and they blew yeah. it. Yeah. So, I mean, the pressure of it. I mean, last night on that last throw, oh. when he hit it, I thought he was going to slip and miss the throw to first. And I was like, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. And Chris can tell you, Chris can tell you. One, it was a game, like Chris said, it, it could have been scripted. But if you're not really a, a sports guy, there's no point in going all the ways it could have been scripted. We'll cover it next week on Sporgy. Oh, we will. <laughs> um, but it was, it was, at the time, it was like getting teeth pulled. I texted Chris during the game, I'm so fucking ready for this game to be over with. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, too, because, yeah, all the commercials and shit. There was a rain delay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there was a rain delay. It, it, it ends in the ninth inning tied. And then right before the 10th inning starts, oh, hey, rain delay. Like, what? <laughs> like, the, the, the entire country with blue balls. Like, no! Right. If it Keep was going. I didn't tell you to stop. If, it, if <laughs> this was happening in a movie, you would have called bullshit on the writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah it just happens to rain after it ties in the ninth. Sure. Yeah. How convenient. Yeah. Because that <laughs> Nice plot device there. A little too obvious. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, this is interesting <laughs> to me because... It Way seems be like predictable su- nature. Superstition actually did play a big hand in this because when you have all that history riding on, you know, when it comes down to something as simple as like you described, five pitches, or in this case last night, one single pitch, how do you not choke with all of that on your shoulders? Oh, the, well, one dude tried. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was some choking going on last night. It, it- oh, the Cubs had this. It, until the middle of the, se- the what was it the, the seventh or the eighth inning, Cubs are up the whole game, and then one dude came in and the pressure got to him, and then all of a sudden it's a tie game. Everyone and this the is yips. a and this is a pitcher they brought in, who's usually a shutdown pitcher. Like he throws what he's been clocked at 104 mile per hour fastball. I mean he's the hardest thrower ever in the history of baseball. Yeah. And, and he couldn't hit 100 miles per hour, and he couldn't locate his pitches all of a sudden. And then he just delivered a home run. He got the yips. Yeah, he needs yeah. Kevin Cosner. 
<laughs> Come in and call him Meat. <laughs> We're just playing a game of catch here, Meat. Come on, just a game of catch. <laughs> I fucking love... I do not like baseball. I think it is the most boring sport ever, but I love the fuck out of that movie. And I'm going to tell you something. This is honestly, guys, truth. As you get older and play baseball, you find out how true that movie is. <laughs> yeah. Bull Durham is just brilliant. Well, I worked I worked with a lady whose husband, he pitched uh, for three or four seasons for the uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, and he blew out his arm. And we had a, a uh, I worked with her, not for if I said for and we had a, uh, a Christmas party, and uh-huh. he was there. And of course, you know, I got I pull him aside, and we're talking, I'm like, so what was it like? And I'm like, tell me honestly, is there anything that describes what you went through truthfully? And he goes, the closest to it is Bull Durham. He goes, nice. literally, you will be on the mound trying to calm a pitcher down. And instead of talking to him about calming him down, you'll be going, so, uh... Right fielder is getting married. What's a good wedding gift? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that shit when they're doing the whole talking with the mo- they got the uh, glove over the face and everything, and they're like looking yeah. like they're having this serious conversation. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if and, you know, one of my one of the things I love to read is sports uh, biographies and autobiographies, and it's funny how many times you'll hear things like that that truly happen. Like uh, uh, during the Super Bowl, uh, Joe Montana. For the 49ers, you know, he was making a drive, and they had they were you know just a couple yards away from scoring, and he taps his center on his shoulder, and the center turns around, and looks at him, and this is right. I mean, we're talking seconds before he's got to get the playoff, and he goes, "Hey, look, there's John Candy in the stands," <laughs> and he waves at him, and he goes, "Hike," and then he throws him <laughs> <in> a touchdown. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Shit like that happens, man, and that's what to me when I hear those stories, that's what makes sports great because it's like, dude, these guys. Right. Like they, but you got because you got to take the, the the players out of the moment, so they're not thinking about what's riding on that game. They're running on instinct. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's memory mental judo. Right. It's like when uh, well, any time that I've messed up as a musician, you know, on stage and you fumble something, it's always when I've been thinking about what I'm doing. I think yeah. something like, "Hey, I'm actually nailing this part," or Hey, there's actually a lot of people here. That's when I'm f- I'll fuck up, guaranteed. Yeah. When I'm just spaced out and thinking about maybe something completely different. Like it, I, I'll probably be a better performer on stage if I'm thinking about what I'm going to watch on TV when I get home that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I like. I had to learn at a fairly young age. Like you know, just before I knew what sativa and indica was. And the, a band I was in, they were huge potheads, and they love their sativa. And sativa gets me all up in my own head. Yeah. And so we'd smoke, and I'd go on stage, and I'd think myself into the worst fucking show I'd ever fucking play. Right. I mean, it was just horrible. I could not get out of my own way. So, yeah, I mean, it, it happens. But it, it's the, I guarantee you, because this is a, a historic World Series game, and on top of it, if this was not the Cubs and the Indians, it would still be considered one of the best World Series games ever played. Okay. Um, there's going to be documentaries made about this for, if if not in a, you know immediately, ten fifteen years down the road. And if I'm still here to want to see it, I want to hear all about the stories about what the fuck was going on behind the scenes. Like guys, you know, like we were just talking about guys trying to 
mental judo each other, you know, like, okay, calm down. By the way, check out the blonde in the third row. Yeah, well, check her out. You know, <laughs> shit. Yeah. Like that. Right. That's why he had me wear the uh, garters. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, see that chick right there? Yeah, she blew me before the game. <laughs> well, and in major league, you know, it's the truth. I used to play catcher, and you know, you as a catcher, you if you have a batter up there who's got your pitcher's number, you talk shit. And I mean, in that in that movie, it was you know, hey. Good to see you. You still married to that little blonde? Is that your wife? Saw her at the bar last night. I'm sure the guy she was with is close, warm, personal friends, but why did he have his panties on her head? <laughs> you know, or her panties on his head, you know, and it, and it throws the batter off and he pops one up and he's out. Shit like that happens, man. And that's. Yeah. Or I heard your you, sister slept with Squeak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been gone. That's no fair. You see more Steve Perry psychouts. <laughs> oh, by, by the way. Speak Australian. Vagina. Ah, <laughs> oh, dude, one the- of Brandy's mom's pubic hairs. No, seriously, dude. <laughs> I love basketball or basketball so much too. By the way, that Probably reminds underrated. me. Journey is leading the fan voting for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, what the oh. fuck? I'm officially. I'm done with rock and roll. We got to break up. I thought that when I heard. Oh, you you heard must have heard this on uh, Adam Carolla's show, right? Because. I did. Yeah, and and their news girl Gina was like, "Guess who you know the number one contender is?" And I'm like, "It's Pearl Jam. Everyone wants Pearl Jam, in right?" See, I, I was like, "Tupac." <laughs> that was my answer. Right, Journey. I mean, oh. I've had to explain this to so many young people that I worked with over the last five six years. What? No, not what you explain. Journey sucks. Tupac conversation. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, do you understand? These guys were the Nickelback of their time. Oh yeah. no way! They they fucking rock. They're great, and I'm just no, going, they don't. I'm no. going. This is this is what I said. To see the conversation I'm having with you right now, you high school dipshit. This is the conversation you're going to be having with someone your age, fifteen years from now about Nickelback when they're going, "Oh, that rock star song. That's what a fucking great song, man. No. That's my shit." No, yeah. and, and you know what? Or photograph? Who the fuck couldn't love that? We're probably not too far away from seeing Nickelback mu- uh, music appearing in movies in order to orient it in a certain time period and, and play on people's nostalgia, because that's what's happened with Journey. It has a, an attachment to that. You know, this was... Uh, they were the, one of the first arena rock bands, right? That not only packed arenas, oh. but had a certain sound of that arena rock, you know? The, the big rock sound and the overproduced shit. And b- because it's tied so much to that era, it's used in, uh, just like uh, Jimi Hendrix is used in every Vietnam film, it tie, it, it's an auditory awesome. cue. It's an auditory cue that will say, okay, here's this putting you in this time period as a, as a watcher or listener. Exactly. So, if you hear, if you're watching a war movie and you hear all along the watchtower break on through, you know it's a Vietnam movie. Exactly. Hey, hey don't forget. Uh, for what it's worth, that motherfucker's been in a hundred <laughs> Vietnam movies. What? Buffalo Springfield. Yes. For oh, what it's worth. Oh, yeah. oh I, yeah. <laughs> he thought, thought you were still literally making his point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, what song? <laughs> <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, I got to get you guys' opinion on something. Check the unregimented uh, group chat here. It's, it's, it's a picture com- of a penis. I'm going to be very yeah. upset. Oh, right, it's complete opposite it. of that. 
Well, real uh, as long as we're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there was a story about how bon, John Bon Jovi has come out saying that he, the reason that the band will not be uh, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is because two of the original members are uh, are fuckers, in his words, that are keeping this band out of the Hall of Fame. It says uh, it says more than one member of the Rock of the Rock Hall's voting board has made it their personal mission to keep his band out. Oh, so it's not Bon Jovi? Yeah, no, he's talking about... uh, (laughs) There's two guys at Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that just wear Bon Jovi sucks t-shirts to work every day. (laughs) 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 Fuck this guy. Bon Jovi sucks. Never voting him in. Right, so if... I mean, that's got to give you some confidence in the system, right? It's like when, when Donald Trump talks about the, the elections rigged, and we're like, yeah, and we're some of the people trying to rig it, asshole. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here already. You are not wanted. Listen, you're not persecuted like Ozzy Osbourne, all right, shithead. Black Sabbath invented yeah. a genre. You ruined one. By the way, right, uh, and Bon Jovi is the journey of the 80s. A uh, buddy of mine, he they hit took me up, up the man after that episode, and he's like, you know that they put in uh, Sabbath in 2006, right? And I'm like, no. I was just running with what Chris was saying, because I remember for the longest time, it was like, why the fuck isn't Sabbath in? Oh, I didn't know that. Because they were eligible from, it's 25 years from when you release your first album, so that means, what, 94 they were eligible? And it took them 12 years later? So, yeah, there was definitely some uh, some bullshit going on there. Anyways, the link I sent you, okay. Yeah. I gotta explain is that Lindsay picture. Lohan? That is yes, Lindsay is. Lohan and her boobs out. Okay, now here's the thing. Yes? This is a paparazzi picture. It's everybody that I've on different Fake podcasts boobs, by the and way. articles I've heard and read swear this is an untouched, not photoshopped, her head on another body. I've seen Lindsay Lohan nude in other things, like movies and stuff. Yeah. Well, that's her. The debate is, those have got to be fake. Her tits? So what if they are? They're yeah. beautiful. No, they are. <laughs> okay, calm down. Seriously, look at that. No woman's with, okay, because my ex-wife is a, is a natural double D, and Lindsay's what? Got to be in her 30s by now. Yeah, she's, yeah. I think, yeah, she's the early 30s. Those things are standing upright at full attention. That's not how that works, especially with her shoulders rolled forward like that. Yeah. But she's Hollywood, so she has probably had them touched up. Yeah, oh, no, yeah those, are, just... those are not natural. Thank you. Okay, thank you. I didn't thank think you. for a second they were. I don't okay. think there's anything wrong. No, I mean, hey, look, hey, she wants boltons, more power to her. But what I'm just yeah. saying is it's just it, it took me for a shock. I'm like, is this really her? And, of course, you know, after much... <laughs> <laughs> much uh, studying stuff on the internet, people were like, no, we, it's not a retouched photo, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay. Junior but, Cock uh, have a conference? Like, is that her? Yeah. All right. Just making sure. Well, it's just, I'm just like, I, those are like porn star tits, man. Like, seriously, like the stereotypical, overblown, fake porn star tits. And it, I've seen, like I said, I've seen her naked before. They didn't look like that. So, no, you're right. Let's see. Let's just look at a picture of her uh, recently. By the way, I have to say, I, I, when she's got a tan, okay, 
When she's not, I can't handle. It looks like she got shot with like buckshot that was filled with shit. I, I can't handle all them freckles. Well, she's got a tan or hidden, much better. I'm not really big on freckles. You know what I'm really not big on is her top lip. <laughs> yeah, she fucked <laughs> her face up, man. Yeah. <laughs> she's had some rough plastic surgery. And it's like, honey, you didn't need it. Seriously, someone needs to... We need to... like, There needs to be... Like, how they had Dr. Drew for like rehab... There needs to be a, a person who comes out for celebrity interventions for yeah. plastic surgery. Like Amanda Bynes was in her mid-20s getting crazy amounts of plastic surgery done. What are you doing? Right. Yeah, you I don't love, need it. I love how Hollywood wants to pat themselves on the back. They're like, oh, well, we've got you know, a lot more uh, better parts for older women. We're not you know, trying to squeeze them out of the business anymore. And yet they all look like they've been punched in the face with a novelty ba- uh, boxing glove. You know, exactly, like, yes. They're all just puffy and a little bit distorted. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, your cheekbones and your lips are not your own. And you like, look okay. like an alien. <clears throat> I, yeah, I don't know not- if women have realized this. We all know at this point what fake lips look like. Because you all yes. look like you have the same lips and you have fake lips. Yes, and it we looks also... Like you, looks like a bad bite. It's like a bass biting a plate. Right. Yeah, you could cover up your tits and fool us, but your lips, we, you're not fooling us. We also know when you're manipulating them, even without uh, any uh, injections or silicone or anything, like this whole, I'm going to make my lips all pouty. No, you're just, you're making a face. Your lips aren't naturally pouty. We can tell that you're making a face. Oh, Does anyone believe Lisa Rinna when she talks about, my lips are naturally like this? Who's, I don't no. know who she yeah. is. That chick from Melrose Place from back I in the day with the huge blips Lisa and a who? short haircut. Lisa who? Yeah. Rinna. Type down on the internet. L-I-S-A-R-I-N-N-A. She'll Dang. tell you that she'll tell you those lips are natural. I think uh I, I think Chris well, at one point spilled some seed to this chick. Look, I... Uh, no, my fucking girlfriend watches one I of don't the know. she's one of the she's one of the housewives. Any, she's an Orange County housewife or something. Anything oh. is possible. And the thing is, is that I don't see a lot... Of, looking just at a Google image search, I'm not seeing a lot of variance in the appearance of her lips. And it is possible... I mean, some women have tits that just sit on a weird way on their body that they look fucking fake. You're just like, those things are just too perky. But it is possible. Biology has a, a lot of different options. So... Well, I believe she's this not, one. She's not cocaine thin. Uh, going back to the Lindsay Lohan pitch, picture, she's not cocaine thin in this picture. In the other picture I saw, she it was it was like she had a wardrobe malfunction, and it was in the middle of her partying days, and she was rail thin. So it might have explained that. And hey, if that's natural, more power to her. Same thing with Lisa Renner. You know, more power to you. But honestly, we don't need all that. Do it for you if you want, but just know that at a certain point, you look like a freak. Case in point, I was nine years old when, when Top Gun came out. And when uh, Goose is white, oh, shit. I just forgot her name. Well, just, when, when Harry met Sally, chick. Oh, uh, Meg Ryan. When, yeah, I, oh, yeah. I thought she was good looking and cute then. And I, and I always had a thing for Meg Ryan, even up through like that horrible movie she did with Mark Ruffalo, in the cut movie, which was just horrible. And then all of a sudden, she disappeared for a few years, came back, and I'm like, oh, my God, you look like a bag of smashed assholes. What happened to you? 
Yes. Like, you seen a picture? Or you seen a picture of Pam Anderson lately? It, it, no. It's not pretty. Well, we all knew that was coming. I mean, it just. What's sad is it's a it's a it's a socially acceptable addiction, because I mean these people are fucking themselves up, and society just goes, "Oh, hey, you look wonderful. You look so young. No, it looks like you're hitting about six G's. That's not natural." <laughs> yeah. Well, hey man, that's how Kanye's mom died. She had some crazy botched plastic discount plastic surgery down in like South America or some shit. But I I I know. <laughs> I know that, you know, you know, oh, my God, listen to them object- objectify women in this and that. Okay, all right. I'm just going to say this. Hey, Lindsay Lohan, if that's how you look naturally, word, th- thumbs up, kid. <laughs> good yeah. job. You know what I'm saying? Your dad and your mom are, might be crazy, but they did a good job. Well, More power uh, to you. Don't fuck yeah. yourself up. But, you, you know, I... Uh, the only way that those are her natural boobs, I'm going to say, is if she's actually pregnant. Because bo- girls' boobs can fluctuate, especially if their weight fluctuates. And we've seen Lindsay Lohan's weight fluctuate. And uh, But what happens, if you get a girl who has a decent rack and then gets super skinny and loses some of that in her tits, and then they fill out again, they're not going to be pointing at the sky. Hey, maybe it's cold that day in California. Maybe it was no, below no, no. seventy. I don't care how cold it is. No, they are going. Yeah. Gravity is going to take them in one direction only. That's why uh, you're going to lose elasticity in the skin just to hold those things together. <laughs> I'm serious. This is just Fair science. Point. <laughs> there was there was there was a movie in the mid '90s called Meeting the Abbots where Jennifer Connelly did a nude scene, and. I was already from career opportunities back in the day when she was riding that 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 horse and target. And I was already smitten. I was smitten when I saw her in in Labyrinth. But anyways, um, now she's she's she, she fell prey to that Hollywood thing. Oh, if you want to be a successful actress and you're over forty, you got to be rail thin. And so now she's rail thin. And a buddy of mine was like, "Well, what happened? She put on some weight." And she, you know, I said, "It's never going to be the same." Right. Listen, I'm a big guy. I have I have been 175 pounds an adult as an adult, and I've been 350 as an adult. And that's it's range. Like, it's like <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and it's like silly putty. Okay, it, once you once you stretch it out, it ain't going back exactly like it was the first time. Right. Okay, that's just bottom line. On top of that, I, I'm I'm a parent, and Aaron's a parent. What two times over? Yeah. So you know firsthand. So apparently, yeah, at least twice. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> you've seen it in action. So yeah. But yeah, I just thought it'd be nice to go out on a happy note instead of <laughs> down uh, ass. Know. Well, you know, I, the world sucks. Let's go now. Now let's go to our live broadcast next week, and we're going to talk about the world sucks even more. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not judging her based on like, oh my god, she. She got her boobs done, and that's like disgusting. It's definitely no, not. I'm just like, it's whatever you want to do with your body is, is fine with me. Me personally, I can't even jerk to fake tits. Man, I I think Chris and I agree on this. I'm I'm just I'm thinking we do. If you can touch them, they're real. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's just that's. I mean, I don't. If look. I can feel it in my hand, that is a real tit. 
<laughs> but you're right. It's kind of like the term illegal alien. Yeah, nothing, pretty you, much. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that one. <laughs> I, don't either, I was just following your lead. <laughs> well, just a, it's not correct terminology. Like it, they're not Ill, the people themselves are not illegal. <clears throat> it's a, the the boobs are not fake. There might be some stuff that wasn't in them naturally. It's like calling someone but, we and I think we've you've brought this point up before, Aaron. It's like calling someone from like let's say the Seminole tribe Indian. Well, they're not Indian. Yeah, no, they're Indians not. are from India. Yeah, you know it's a misnomer. So. A total fucking misnomer. Oh, the trailer for T uh, two Train Spotting Two, and it is being referred to as T two as well, is out. It's coming out early next year. I can't fucking wait. Who plays T one thousand? Well, Did are, we at least saw uh, what uh, Begbie's in it. Rent Boy, uh, uh, Spud, and uh, the Sick Boy and Sick Boy. Yeah. Wow, I, they're letting them. CBS is letting them do it. Yeah. It's a little, little edgy for being on CBS, isn't it there, Johnny Lee Miller? <laughs> I, no, I, hate, should be. I just thought I'd mention that. Was, I hate to say this, and I'll admit it now. Yeah. I've never seen Train Spotting all oh the way Oh, my God. Through. Go watch What? What the fuck? I've, seen, I've, I've probably seen the whole movie in pieces, but never from one sitting to the next, because usually it's on at parties. Or oh, really? When I'm going to somebody's house and we're getting ready to go out and party, it's on. And while they're finishing getting ready, I'll watch a little bit, and then we'll leave. Rich, so. all I'm saying is the guy who doesn't see any movies is going, whoa, you haven't seen that? <laughs> yeah. Just putting that out there. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you got to understand, it came out during my, my lost years. <laughs> right. So <laughs> if it wasn't at the bottom of a bottle of booze or inside of a, a, like a pack of zigzags, I I uh, I wasn't paying much attention to it. <laughs> so that's true. My lost year started about five years after that. <laughs> ah, so that that being said, well, we got some lost years coming up, four preferably, and we'll talk about them on Tuesday. So join us for our first ever live podcast. You guys, you guys yeah. gonna be okay with this? Yeah, <laughs> that's. I'm looking forward to it. You are gonna get the yips. No, we're playing with live ammo. <laughs> no, uh, come on, man. Actually, I mean, people at the other end of that, at the other end of that mic, we'll, we'll be fed a, a steady stream of uh, of uh, uh, content. So, yeah. Well, it's, it's, I'm just saying, the first time I ever cracked the mic for real on air, I was nervous as shit. I mean, we were in school for a damn year doing radio shows almost, like, from day one. Yeah. And as soon as I knew that mic was live, it was a whole different ballgame. <laughs> I'd, like... Oh, yeah, you get those I red did, light yips. Yeah, I did, a, I did, you know, I did dozens and dozens of breaks in radio in my career. You know, probably even hundreds. And I'll tell you what, I still remember every second of my first one. Man, I ran for student council when I was 10 in my elementary school. If you put all... We had to have... We had to give a speech in front of the school, and we had 2,700 kids. So we had to break it up into two separate auditorium fills. You'd give that speech right now, couldn't you? Uh, uh, <laughs> unfortunately, at least most of it. I was 10 years old. I got over <laughs> it then, dude. I don't, yeah. I ain't no shame in my game. All right, well, yeah. Where can people find information on our live broadcast on, the, on election night? 
Uh, just go to the, go to Facebook. Uh, go to Twitter. Uh, I've been pimping the shit out of it for two weeks. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. Yeah, or you can go to audio.com. That's with a W, A W, D I O, and just look up Unregimented or Christopher Media. You can find it. And uh, I think too here in the next. Uh, by the time this is posted, I'll maybe perhaps have a link at ChristopherMedia.net for you to click through. Uh, but so, it's, all right. So on our website, uh, on Facebook, where at? Uh, just search for Christopher Media or Unregimented on Facebook, and it's I've been pimping it out for the last two weeks. Trust me, there's a link you can find it. Uh, yeah, post them at uh, about every three hours. So trust me, you'll be uh, there'll be a way to find it. But audio.com, we'll have a link at ChristopherMedia.net. Just check the Facebook pages of Unregimented and Christopher Media. Check the Twitter feed as well. Uh, search for Christopher Media on Twitter. It's actually Christopher Media without the R at the end of Christopher because Twitter has a character limit. So it's actually Christoph Media if you're searching for the actual Twitter address. At Unregimented Pod. How European. I know, right? <laughs> Twitter's the one who has the goddamn character limit. All right. Blame them. But uh, it should be exciting. Um, I believe, too, we're going to have it in podcast form. Uh, I don't, I don't want to nail oh, Aaron yeah. down to the next day, because that's going to be a, a, a late night for us. But maybe it'll, maybe it'll be our show that week. I don't know. We, have, we, don't, we haven't thought that far ahead. No, I think that, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but thanks, everybody, who's listening. And uh, the next time you hear our voices... Uh, we're going to be figuring out who the hell is going to be finishing taking this handbasket to hell, in a sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, see you on Tuesday, guys. All right, yeah. later. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for for listening Christopher Media let's make some noise thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net